presents First Impressions. There's a new album out. Oh, have you listened to it yet? I'm digging the new album. I'll check it out. What do you think of the new album? First Impressions. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of First Impressions on the Scratch Attack Podcast. Presented by the Dune Grimm Show and co-produced by Mr. I-V-E-S-D. I am the dude. And I am Grimm. And we are going to talk about our first impressions today of The Near the Fountain, More Pure the Stream Flows by oh. Damon Alburn. Kind of a mouthful there for that title. Um, it is. I, I actually, I really like the cover of the album. I think it's incredibly uh, simple. In some ways, Very the fitting. way that rock kind of is reminds me a little bit of the island for Plastic Beach, although it Solid sonically it's not really there. It's in a different no. place. No. I, I think it's actually um, very representative of the way the album sounds um, and the mood and the feel. Black and white, it's a single rock. You see the kind of the water and stuff in the background. This album, to me, it's... It is very chill. It's, it it has a very desolate, kind of isolated feeling um, throughout most of the tracks. Yeah. That's that's I, kind of my overall first impression after two listens. Okay. Two listens. I probably have listened to it like six times now. I just like let it Ooh. play over and over while I was doing stuff. Um, and I thought that was interesting because um, to me, there's like, you have to like something a certain level to just let it keep going. Cause otherwise you're like, okay, I'm good on this. And, um, <laughs> I read on. this, this article, uh, that the guardian published about him and the album and they describe it as beautifully haunting. And I thought that was a really interesting way to sure. describe it. I, I would agree with that. And I think that's why yeah. I liked it is it was just this sort of different trip that you could just kind of have on. Yeah, um, I'm I'm on that trip. Uh, I think there was... Uh, what, what threw me off a little bit is uh, the first three songs I felt were really tight and kind of flowed together in the same theme. Mm-hmm. But then the fourth track, which is uh, Combustion... That I felt kind of felt like it didn't fit the album. Oh, because it was a little me, like louder and in your face somewhat. Yeah, yeah. There was some mm-hmm. stuff going on there. It was almost um, you know, I mean it's better than Nick Drake's horn, but still, um, it had this weird sort of circus feel to it. Yeah, I could see that. And 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 also I know it was the fourth track. It kind of reminded me a little bit. We're talking about the flow and the feel of the album of uh, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots Part 2. Oh, that's interesting. You, I, I kind of see what you mean. In this album, it is yeah. definitely Yoshimi Part 2. Yeah, for sure. It is, right? It, like, like if you had to fit track to track, that that would be it. Because, you know, when we talk about that album, it has a lot of chill moments and everything, especially the second half of the album. Um, but this one, uh, the fourth track, Combustion, it just kind of, it, it's a little bit of a weird song. Yeah. And it kind of it has a circus sort of, uh, I don't know, Cirque du Soleil yeah. sort of feel to it, right? So that's that's just kind of what I thought about it. And, and and that threw me off. But That is the overall, standout track to me. I would, I would agree okay. with that. 
Now, do you have yeah. a favorite? Did anything really grab you? Yes, it did. Um, the uh, track number three and uh, the um, oh yeah, here it is. I got it in front of me in my notes. Uh, uh, Royal Morning Blue. Is that the one with I, that I, with that deep like Barry sax hitting those? Uh, uh, you know. I don't know because there's another song with some great actually. So track number eight, the tower of the uh, Montevideo that, that has some heavy sax in it as well. And I really liked that. I want to say in Royal morning blue is just this dark, this low bottom note, just driving the beat. Again, I've only listened to it twice, so I can't, I can't, we can't get into specifics here. Um, Maybe the super fans can. I really liked number two, the track called The Cormoran. And it had just a certain darkness about it. And this, along with a couple other tracks, utilized something that I found very interesting. And that is one of these old school kind of beatboxes that you would find like pre-built into some of the cheaper council organs from like the 50s and 60s do you remember that kind of beatbox that was on the organ we used to have at the morehouse and you could hit the buttons that's how that's what he used is something like that because they talked in this review that he used what they would call an ancient beat machine and if you compare that to like an 808 it is kind of an ancient beat machine so here's the deal with that, and, and this goes to the track I was just talking about, the the Tower of Montevideo. Um, I, I said in that, like the keyboard or w- whatever they use, it has this default, like kind of patch sound. Mm-hmm. And like when I was a kid growing up, my grandma, yes. she had this or she had this organ right in 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 like the guest room and everything, and there was just like a button and. I know, like, I know, like, and, like, and it would be like, like waltz, it, right? rumba, or whatever. Yeah, exact. And, yes, yes. Yeah, the, and dude, what we used like, oh, let's play the waltz. Try. I mean, it basically had the the yeah, beats totally, that would dude. go with every of the popular dances at the time. And so I remember right. I actually used this on one of my songs, and I think we did at various points, like in in some more stuff. Um, and that, I've heard that, other that. bands. I've heard Modest Mouse use something like this uh, at one oh, point. I, oh, and we I'm were sure dead they before did. the ship Absolutely. even sank. But oh, it's, oh, totally in that album. Yeah, definitely. You, you hit these buttons, and what's kind of cool is you can tweak the system out a little bit by by overlapping like two of them at a time, and it kind of they like fight with each other a little Utah, bit. And two, yeah, they're pretty. It's pretty cool. I used to have one of these that's which was instead of being built into like my Hammond organ. It was a separate box, but it didn't really work, and I didn't have the time or energy to fix it, so unfortunately it's gone. But those are kind of fun. Gone now, but not forgotten. Well, Grim, you just asked me if if I had a favorite track. Do you have a favorite track or something that stands out to you? Yeah, The Cormorant, number two. Okay. And that's, that's, sorry, I kind of went off on a tangent, but they mentioned that in the review, and it really struck me about the whole thing. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say just from uh, my first listening to it, and again, I mean, this just came out on Friday. You know, this episode is probably going to come out on Monday. Um, I listened to it once while I was walking with my earbuds in, and you know, whatever you, you got ambient noise. I'm in the city and stuff, but uh, listening to it the second time, just in you know, in my place in my apartment with with uh, just my headphones on and everything, uh, definitely better experience. It, it's. I thought it was interesting. Like, like 
as you would expect, I mean, it's Damon Albarn. There's going to be good production, right? Oh, yeah. It's high quality and everything. Um, but I, in a weird way, I felt like it was very minimal. But at, but the, at same the same time, time very th- wide like, and expansive. Yeah, I like, agree. Uh, like the, the like sort of a sneaky, complex uh, yeah. orchestration, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely filled. You know, he explored the space. Oh, he did. <laughs> right? like, and, and I like it yeah. because. It just doesn't sound like anything else I've ever heard by him. Now, maybe his other two solo albums have sort of echoes of this. I admittedly have not listened to those, um, but it doesn't sound like the other stuff that I would know of him via Blur or Gorillaz. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think this would be a great point. as uh, you know, since people are going to go ahead and click the button, they're going to like and subscribe and, yeah, and comment no. below. Let us know how this compares because I haven't listened. It sounds like you haven't either to uh, his previous solo work. It sounds like his most recent uh, solo album was 2014. Yeah. Um, you know how how, how, how different is that up? is. Com- yeah, again, compared to this because this one seemed like very mellow. You know, you want to know what I would sort of compare it to was would almost be like Beck's Sea Change. Uh, as far as mood and flow oh, yeah, goes, okay. um, you, you know, I mean, definitely, I, I'm not talking like instrumentally or anything like that, yeah, but just like I, the emotion I, I understand in, in, well, dude, in, in the of feel it of it was about, I guess he had a longtime collaborator, this dude named Tony Allen, and he died in 2020. And I don't oh. know if he died as a result of the pandemic or it just sort of happened that way. But I think a lot of this, uh, this album is kind of like, looking back on like different times in life and sort of lamenting that sort of stuff, which really makes sense with the whole sound and feel and like everything about it. Yeah. That, that definitely, now that you say that it adds a whole different layer, yeah, a whole doesn't different it? dynamic to it. Yeah, it really does. So I, it, it's, um, it's so weird. I, I honestly, when, when this was coming out and we do these, you know, it's like, you have to listen to this. And there's some days where it's like, I don't want to listen to something new for yeah. that at that point. I just want to listen to like something else that I want to choose. And I kind like of horn by Nick Drake. Exactly. And I kind of felt like that when, when this was starting, but then like once I got into the first track and the second track started, it was like, this is all I've had on for like a day. Yeah. And I, I would, I think it's, it's a great length. I mean, you know, that'll fit on one vinyl. So I think it would be a good vinyl to kind of, really explore the space i think it could be it could maybe make the winter albums list in the future for me Ooh, the 2022 winners albums list it could which will be coming soon like in a year yeah. to uh a theater near you out there a theater near you yes so we'll be, we'll be big by then we're gonna be huge gonna okay. be so huge um well dude i i definitely um from my first listen to my second listen uh mass improvement uh, definitely expecting to to continue to listen to this. Um, I you know I imagine you will as well. Um, all the people out there, let us know what you think of it. I I really thought that um, you know I love gorilla stuff and and everything, but it was really nice to hear something from Dame Alburn that just didn't involve it. It seems like a bunch of collaborators, right? and not like even that. Him. It was just so different. You know, and I think that was really cool. That, that's what really struck me about it. I was just immediately it piqued my interest, and it never really, you know, stopped. Like I'll probably still listen to it again tomorrow for an. 
Yeah. And then keep Not going. Just because you're like, oh, I got to listen to the show because we're going to record this episode. Yeah, you're like, oh, exactly. No, now I want, now yeah. I'm invested in it. I want to. Like, I do yeah. see myself picking this one up on vinyl. Spoiler alert. Oh, I like it. I think you freaky and I like you a lot. All right. Well, Grim, I think it's about time to Tim. Yeah. Let's uh, wrap it up and uh, it's time to go. What do you say? The Dune Grim Show. Scratch your track is produced by the Dune Grim. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tims. Copyright 2021. The Dune Grim Show. <laughs>